Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. You don't Hey, welcome to the Peace Legal Hour featuring Haley Dickey from Peace Legal. How are you, Haley? Doing well. How are you, Brian? I am am so, so well because uh, as far as I can tell, everything's looking good. Vital signs are steady. Processing oxygen just like I'm supposed to. Oh, good. I survived the 4th of July holiday. And you? Same. Yeah. Still here. It was a good weekend. Did you, did you get to do anything fun? I did, yeah. We went and visited. My husband's family lives up in Wyoming, and we always visit them over the 4th. So. so what part of Wyoming? Torrington, so the east side. Okay. Really close to Nebraska. They live about 20 minutes away from Nebraska. Yeah, that is that is the far side. Um, I spent last year, most of the 4th of July weekend, up there around the west side of Wyoming by Yellowstone National Park. The beautiful side. And frankly, there was uh, several hundred thousand other people who apparently I, had the exact same idea. Shockingly, yep, yeah. Yellowstone's popular during the holidays. Well, you are here today to talk about family law in your capacity as a lawyer for Peace Legal and also for Intervivos. Um, I guess we have a disclaimer that needs to be understood at the very beginning of each show. Yes, I'm not providing any legal advice. I'm just providing general information. Um, if you do need specific legal advice, um, I'm happy to do a free consultation, as are many of the attorneys here in the, the Valley. Um, so... Please, again, don't apply what I'm saying to your specific case. I'm not providing you with any legal advice, nor does anything I say constitute as the creation of a client-attorney relationship. Okay. Now, if you do have questions, Haley is happy to take your questions at 801-254-1640. Again, 801-254-1640. Man, I've been learning a lot each week as we sit down. I'm learning there are so many different layers to family law. What are we going to be talking about this afternoon? So I've had a couple of questions since my last show. Which I didn't come last week, but the week before that, I talked a little bit about preparing for divorce and what that looks like. Um, and I kind of wanted to just continue on giving con- giving some tips about how best to prepare for divorce and then also what to do and how to conduct yourself while you're going through that process. Um, and the reason I... I want to talk about this a little bit more as as I've been a practicing family law attorney, I find that, I mean, even in law school, when you're taking classes in law school regarding family law, the professors will always say, you know, these are people that are going through the hardest times in their lives. This is them at their worst, you know, and that we as attorneys should treat them in a way that that's, you know, providing sympathy, um, Obviously, our job is to write you with the best legal advice, but also to to be sympathetic and aware that, that this is a really hard time in their lives. And and I I know that a lot. I mean, I've had a lot of experience with people telling me that attorneys are really bad at that, at providing um, sort of a good shoulder to talk to. I think a lot of that's because, you know, we bill hourly, so we're not the best option for um, a shoulder, you know, or somebody to talk to a good confidant. But I do think that there's a big need for that. People are really in, this is a really emotional time for them. And and I think even people that aren't aware that they're reacting in ways that they probably wouldn't otherwise, 
um, sometimes lash out to their attorneys and I, and not lash out, but are just expressing themselves to their attorneys where again, we're not professionals in that area. We're not trained counselors. We're not, you know, we don't have any, most of us don't have any training in that area. And so I think we just really fall short. And so one of the pieces of advice that I would provide that I want to provide is a little bit about how to sort of empower yourself during the time of a divorce. And this is something that I I really like to do in my initial consultations is try and help the person that's talking to me that feels like, you know, their entire world is crumbling around them, feel empowered that, that they do have a future and that they can move forward. And again, I'm not good at it. I'm, this is not, that's not, I'm not trained in that area. And so I, I always do think, and it is, it is something that I typically advise my clients to do is seek, um, to talk to somebody. So whether that be somebody that you feel comfortable with already or finding a therapist or a counselor to talk to while you're going through this process. And I, I do think that the clients that I've had that have had a third party that is trained in, in helping people through difficult times, um, they just are a lot more self-aware and also make a lot better decisions during this process. So do you ever encounter anybody who comes into a divorce and I'm talking like for the first time who actually is prepared either emotionally or financially? Is it, have you ever encountered somebody who like had all their ducks in a row or, or does everybody come in there with kind of a deer in the headlights look in their eyes? That's such an interesting question. I think it's, uh, I would say 99% of the time it's, you know, deer in headlights, even if it's their decision, they're the one that, that wants to instigate the divorce. There's so much misinformation out there and it's not an intuitive process. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense the way that it works. And a lot of, of what the law states is not intuitive. You know, it kind of says the opposite of what you may think that would be fair or equitable. You know, it, that's just not the case. So yeah, I would say 99% of the time people are unfortunately misinformed about the process and then also both emotionally and just pragmatically aren't sure exactly how to, to go about the process, which makes sense. I mean, that's, you know, why there's, I have a job (laughs) to be honest, but I think that it is, it's a difficult process. People aren't in their best mind, um, typically when they're going through this process. And so, yeah, I think with the help of hopefully attorneys, hopefully you have an attorney that's telling you and advising you in appropriate ways that helps you understand the law a little bit and helps you understand what your reasonable expectations should look like. Okay, so I want to ask kind of a modified question then, uh, sure. following up on that. And, and I know this is really elementary. This is, goes all the way back to, so what is the um, what is the prime directive, the job of an attorney, a family law attorney, when someone approaches them going into a divorce situation? Um, ultimately, what are you trying to do? I mean, what's the broad mission? Sure. So my role is to help protect their assets and, you know, whatever custody they, they want with their kids. So the role, and I'll start a little bit even further. The role of the court is to divide the party's assets, divide their debts, and also establish a parenting plan, right? Like just pure and simple. The court isn't there to place blame on either party. They're not there to find fault. 
that's that's not their job in a divorce, right? They're not looking for malicious intent. (laughs) Yes, it's not punitive at all. And that is a really difficult concept, I think, for a lot of people. You know, I think a lot of times people are like, this isn't fair what the other party's doing to me. It's not fair how he's treating me. And it's like, that's not, the court's not going to weigh in on that. They're not going to weigh in on how fair his actions towards you or the words he's saying are towards you. That's, it's not their job or whose fault, you know, the demise of the relationship is. They, that's just not what they're going to do. They're looking to equitably distribute your assets, your marital assets, and then also the debts of the parties, and then also figure out a parenting plan that will work for both parties. So it's it's really hard because I think the emotional side of it never is approached. And, and nobody, I don't think people ever feel, and I will actually say this as almost a fact, people never feel the emotional vindication that they're looking for through this process. And, and I think that's a really hard truth. Right? So that's something they need to understand right up front. Right. That attorney is there to help them, but... If they're looking for the vindication or the emotional support that they need, there, there's probably some other avenue they're going to have to go like counseling. Yes. And, and that's, I guess, yeah, ultimately my point is it isn't my, I, I don't think that I will fill that role. I don't think any attorney really fills that role. Um, and yeah, finding a third party to help with that process, I think is a lot, a better option. <laughs> I appreciate you backtracking to answer such an elementary question, but I have to tell you that you have just uh, you've just brought a lot of things into focus about what you do. And and I also have to tell you, it doesn't make your job look any easier. Not one bit. And I I think I mean, I wish that I had I always say I think it would be better if every attorney had to graduate with some sort of degree in human development and psychology and and understood people better than they do. But. You know, I'm kind of a classic story. I graduated in political science. I went on to law school. I, I don't have any training in that area, but and most, I would say almost all attorneys don't have the training that they, we really probably should have in dealing with people in the most traumatic times of their lives. Um, having said that, I do think the answer is don't look for that comfort in your attorney. Try and find it in a third party. Um, a lot of that's too, because I have a lot of information that I need to provide and a lot of risk analysis that I need to provide to my client. And so if, if there is emotional needs and I'm trying to take care of those in my rudimentary and unfortunately unqualified way, I'm also not providing the information that, that needs to be provided. I would liken it to if a person were to go to a surgeon for, you know, uh, to get a tumor out of their brain. Yes, you want a surgeon who cares about you, but if these, if the surgeon is emotionally involved, if they're trying to nurture as well as perform the surgery, they've got to be clinically detached to a point so that they can do their job as as efficiently and professionally as possible. And this is one of those cases where, um, again, the emotional heavy lifting has to fall to somebody else. Right. And I'll, when we get back, I'll explain a little bit why it's kind of detrimental to have maybe an attorney that, that validates all of those emotions. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with Haley Dickey from Peace Legal and Intervivos. This is the Peace Legal Hour.
Once again, welcome back to the Peace Legal Show with Haley Dickey from Peace Legal and Intervivos. She is a family law attorney. Uh, if you have questions, you can call in 801-254-1640. And Haley, I did, again, I just have to compliment you. I, I feel like I so much better understand what you have to do as a family law attorney in helping people get prepared for a divorce. And that must be tough, keeping keeping your own emotions or your own feelings out of the equation so that you can do what's best by your client. And I think that's really hard for the client to understand too. Um, during the break, we we're kind of talking about this a little bit more and it. I think the reason that it's so difficult is because validating how the client feels is re- actually really dangerous. <laughs> and I do want to be a compassionate attorney and I do want to help my clients feel validated in the things that they're feeling and the tragedy that they're experiencing. However, those emotion, the emotional arguments that they are treating them poorly or they're not being fair, not treating them with kindness, um, they feel like they've been taken advantage of and manipulated, those are not legal arguments. And I have had issues in the past where if I validate those feelings for the client, they believe that that gives them a better chance for a better outcome. And so that it bolsters their, their legal argument. And that's just not true. Um, so it is always kind of a balancing act of showing compassion and, and mm-hmm. understanding, but also trying to help the client understand that that has nothing to do with the distribution of their assets and debts or the outcome of their parenting plan. Like those emotions though, maybe are, they're absolutely valid. I'm I'm not even questioning that they're completely valid, Though they are completely valid. They actually don't have really anything to do with their legal standing and the legal arguments that will be portrayed in front of a court. I know you've mentioned before that uh, sometimes it's tempting for people to try to get, um, you know, legal advice or advice for that matter off of, you know, social media and whatnot. I'm curious, do, do passionate, heartfelt scenes from Hollywood movies sometimes make people think that's where the magic's going to happen yes. in the courtroom? Yes, I, I do think that. I think that a lot of the misunderstanding in the role of an attorney has a lot to do with how, you know, Hollywood portrays this profession. And it's unfortunate. I also think most of Hollywood, there are exceptions to this, but most of Hollywood is doing stuff about criminal law where there is intent and there are punishments for actions, right? It's a totally different type of law. In criminal law, they are seeking to, you know, assert blame. They are seeking to find out whose fault it is. And that is not the case in family law. And so the things that you see, I mean, even those are obviously hyperbolic, but in in criminal cases as well, but it doesn't translate the same to family law. You know, the court's not looking to assert blame. They're not looking to punish. In fact, they have restrictions. They can't use the law to punish one of the parties. So the emotional arguments just aren't as... I think they do have a little bit of a better place in criminal law. They really have almost no place in family law, unfortunately. And we even had, I was just telling Brian, we we go to conferences every year as attorneys are required to continue our legal education. And at those conferences, we typically have a panel with judges and commissioners. Um, 
and it's always open. They always answer questions from the attorneys, and then they also always give us their sort of practitioner tips. And always, almost without fail, they say, stop showboating for your clients. (laughs) So stop with the emotional arguments just to make your clients feel better in court. They hate them. They don't have any place. They're not helping their clients in any way by doing it. Um, There's no equivalent of the Tonys for best courtroom performance. Exactly, yep. <laughs> You're not going to get an award. Um, and I think a lot of clients really like that, though. They re- I've, had, I've had clients in the past ask me, you know, I'll tell them, that's not a legal argument. That's not, that won't help your case. That won't help bring about a certain outcome. And they'll say, I want you to say it anyway. And... You know, I'm, I work for them. They're the boss. So I, I say these things that I know will make the judge mad. I know the commissioner won't appreciate. And I know that is not helping their case at all is not a legal argument and often helps, you know, they lose a little bit of credibility, but I make them because they're asking that I do so, which unfortunately, again, I wish there was more heart in this legal process. There's not the role of the court The purpose of a divorce is to just distribute those assets and those debts to devise them, right? To divide between the parties and then also come up with a parenting plan for the kids. And that's it. Let me ask you this then, because you you made it very clear. There's a difference between criminal law and family law. Are they still broadly part of the same um, justice family? I mean, I'm thinking of Lady Justice with her sword and her scale and the blindfold to assure that there's impartiality. Does does family law still fall under that, that broad umbrella? Is is justice part of the goal that's that's being sought, or is this, uh, is this more closely related to contract law? Or for that matter, does that fall under that same umbrella? I would say it more closely falls um, close to contract law. In, in fact, it is contract law, right? When you are married, you are entering into a contract. And and that's how the court views it. It is a contract that you've created. And now we're terminating the contract. And how do we do that is the question. So I I think when you think of Lady Justice, people think just. And they also think the synonym fair, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. No, (laughs) there is no place. I don't think there's a place for the word fair. I think that if both parties walk away from a negotiation or a mediation or a trial for that matter, feeling like they both lost, that's the best outcome. Yeah, exactly. That's as fair as it gets. And that's the most typical outcome (laughs) is that both parties feel like they lost. And so, no, I think the way that people think of Lady Justice and the way that they think of fairness does not apply in this type of law. Okay. I, I know that's kind of a, you know, know abstract kind of sort of question, but um, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it straight in my mind because I, I can see the essential function that's being performed here. I mean, there, like you said, there are contracts, there are debts, there are assets, there are children and, and time spent with them. And these are all extremely important things. And so it seems like that's where the need to be dispassionate is, is so essential. Yeah, I think. Again, all attorneys should be trying to to strike some sort of balance, right, between helping their clients understand the law and helping their clients understand how their case will be applied to the law. But then also, again, it is a traumatic time. I do I do know that these 
This is a really hard time with every client I've ever had. It has not been an easy time in their life. And I, I do think it's important to be compassionate about that. We've got just about a minute or so left, but I want to ask you this. How do you know when you have succeeded? In other words, what does success look like for you in the family law courtroom? That is such an interesting question. I think I come home every day and tell my husband, like, I don't know how to feel validated in this profession, (laughs) honestly, because because my client is almost always unhappy, right? They always feel like they lose something because you're dividing, you're dividing, Mm -hmm. like divorce is dividing. It's not, you're not adding anything to either of the parties. So everybody does feel like they lose. Um, I think I find that the validation in this job just more comes from feeling like I did a good risk assessment. I told my client the things that they needed to know and they made a decision based on that, that understanding. And I think that's really the best that you can do in this type of job is just make sure that you're doing your job. Even though I don't think that means that the client's going to be happy. Having said that, I have some happy clients, of course. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. Uh, what's the phone number where people can reach you if they'd like to follow up, maybe have a consultation? Sure. Again, my name is Haley Dickey. I work for Peace Legal and Intervivos, and you can reach me at 801-876-5297.